0: Welcome to the Love Reaching Community's Sermon of the Week. For more information pertaining to the life of the church, please visit our website at lrcchurch.co.za. Okay, so we were sitting in the office one day and Jan said to me, why don't you preach on Christmas Day? And I was like, oh, okay. And I went home and I was like, wow, that's quite something to preach on Christmas Day. It's quite big for me. Um, and I felt so honored to be able to preach on Christmas Day. For me, I thought about it, and I was like, wow. It's, it's, for me, it's a little bit like we're having this, this birthday party for Jesus, and I need to do the speech, you know? That's how I feel this morning. So I've got my beautiful dress on. I've dressed up for his birthday because he's worth dressing up for, um, and he's worth being celebrated this morning. And then when I sat and I thought about it, I thought, what do you say about Jesus? (laughs) Or what would he want on his birthday? I know that is a, it's a a silly thought, but I thought it. I was like, what would he want for his birthday? What would he like being God? (laughs) Um, And then I started thinking, so birthdays are a big thing in our house. When I married Johan, I'm just going to sigh at this thought. He did not really celebrate birthdays. And it was one of those things where he came into the marriage and I'm like, this is an expectation. I'm just putting it on the table. We are going to celebrate birthdays in a big way. Like there's no negotiations. And um, I'm just going to say he's much better at it now than I even am he goes big. Like when it comes to his birthday, I get a little bit nervous because I'm like, oh, how am I going to outshine him this year? (laughs) I need to outshine what he did this year. No, I'm just joking. But we just, we we do special things on birthdays. In our house, we all wake up at six o'clock when it's your birthday. And the person whose birthday it is will pretend to be sleeping And the rest of the family will go downstairs. And you never quite know who's going to be downstairs. Like they'll invite people to come and have a mayor birthday with us. And then um, normally Johan would come upstairs if it's my birthday. And he would say, okay, come, it's time to come down. And then you walk down and there's candles and everyone sings for you. And you blow out your candle. And then we all sit around the dining room table. And then we pray each child gets a chance to pray. We are still teaching Iris not to pray for herself in those prayers, but to actually pray for the person that whose birthday it is. Hey, Iris, she's getting there. Then we pray, and then we put all the gifts on the table, and you read all your cards, and you open all your gifts. And then we have cake for breakfast and coffee. And then there's there's expectation for the rest of the day. You've got no idea what's going to happen. There might be a party. There might be cake. There might be a tea. There might be whatever. But there's expectation in your heart for your birthday in our house. That's how it works in the mayor house. And I thought about it. And I thought, how do I, I, I? My husband turned 40 this year in November. I went to so much effort. I planned every day. Every day I had a little to-do list and a tick box and a message that had to be sent. And we made a movie for his birthday. So to get all my children to act in that movie, do unshot it? You can just imagine it was quite something. But it was planned and it was meticulous and it was there was thought to it. And I was so confronted with that when I was preparing for this message because I thought, here I am, able to make a difference, able to say something about Jesus on his birthday what what is it that he would want and I started this conversation with him I'm like Lord Jesus what would you want for your birthday and I honestly didn't think I would get an answer because as I thought it I thought it's such a shallow question I mean who asks that and yet he answered me I was so shocked all I heard were these words. Are you ready? All I want for Christmas is you. That's what he said. And then I went, and as he said it, I'm like, yo, all I'm seeing is Mariah Carey belting out that song. All I want for, you must go and listen to the Mariah Carey version. It's quite something. It's epic. It's my husband's favorite. And then I thought about those words, and I just looked at the first words, or the first verse. It says, I don't want a lot for Christmas. There is just one thing I need. I don't care about the presents underneath the Christmas tree. I just want you for my own, more than you could ever know. Make my wish come true. All I want for Christmas is you. And I was like, wow. Wow. Really, Lord, that's really all you want for Christmas? (laughs) Me. And then I started thinking about the Bible, the Word of God that we read all the time. And I was like, what do do I pick, Lord? And he said, pick what you want to pick. What has changed your life? How have I become real to you? What have you seen about me? And I thought about the story in Genesis. The creation story, how God made everything so beautifully and so meticulously. Isn't it amazing that when we feel overwhelmed and when we feel completely undone by life, you can ask the fun skulkwakes. You just go into the mountains and you, not that I would ever hike, but I enjoy sitting by the sea. That's what I do. I, if I just look at the sea, it inspires me with awe. And, and there's something of God that just touches the inside of you when you're in nature. And God had all of that. He had that. He made that. And then in Genesis 1 verse 27 it says, but then he made man, male and female, in his own image. And he blessed them. It actually says that he blessed them. I don't know about you as a parent for those who are parents, but when someone says to me a child looks like me, it fills me with it fills me with something. Look, it means nothing to the child. I think some of our children are like, Really? I look like my mother. <laughs> but when when someone walks to you and you're holding that little newborn baby and they say, Oh, she looks just like you, you're like, Yes, she does. It does something to you on the inside when you know that there's a stamp of your approval within your children, there is something of you inside of them. And when God made us, when the Trinity sat together and made us, there's something of God that rises up in him when, when people say, oh, they look like Jesus. There's something that happens inside of him, that where he knows we belong to him when we start looking like him. I thought about the story of Moses and the Israelites, and we did this whole journey through Exodus quite a while ago, or sometime this year still. And I just thought about these Israelites in the desert. And the entire story about, of that is how, how God just comes, shows them their sin, repents of your sin, and then reminds them, you are, my na- you are my people. You are my people. Sometimes Moses had to say to God, God, remember, they are your people. Please don't kill us all. And then God would say, yes, you are my people. There's this constant thing of God wanting us to know that all I want is you. That's all he wanted that nation to know. You are mine. You are mine. You are mine. And let's face it, life is a desert. Life is a desert. Someone said that in a preach the other day, and I don't know, all my lights just went on. Because people always say, you know, the Israelites were supposed to get through that desert in 11 days. And yes, they could have. But in God's wisdom, he was okay with the 40 years somehow. Because he kept reminding them, I just want you. We're going to be in this desert of life. We are going to face challenges. We are going to sin. He is going to remind us that what we are doing is wrong. But then he will also remind us that you are mine. You can come close. All I want is you. I thought of the story of David. You know, somehow in our heads, we know that David wasn't a man after God's own heart because of the good that he did. But to let that drop in your heart sometimes is a hard thing. Because he was that David that was an amazing king and was called a man after God's own heart, but did much wrong. He did naughty things, much like we do. And I thought, if you just go and read, if, do yourself a favor and just read like the first little bits of, of every psalm. I just took some, like Psalm 16, verse 1, where he says, You will not abandon my soul. Preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. Psalm 18, verse 1, The Lord is my rock and my fortress. I love you, O Lord, my strength. Psalm 22, verse 1, Why have you forsaken me? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer, and by night and I find no rest. Why are you so far from saving me? from the words of my groaning. If a man of the God's own heart had to stand up here and start moaning like that, we would all be very judgmental of that person and say, oh, and he calls himself a Christian. Shame on him. But you see, the beauty of David's relationship with God was that there was a realness. There was, there was nothing of him that he was not willing to show God. Some days he was that, that person that we all want to be that says, you are my rock and my fortress. We have days like that where we, where we are okay to say, God, you are my rock and my fortress. But then there are other days where we're like, God, why are you just not answering me? And you see, David was not just willing to think that. He was willing to voice it, to put it on paper. He was willing to show everything of what he was to God. Uh, yeah, to God. He was willing to show everything within him to God. All God wanted of David was him, and what he got was him. And that is what made him a, a man after God's own heart. When God said, okay, you've stuffed up now. You need to repent. And okay, God, I come before you. You've done well today. Thank you. God is there in every moment for David. Every moment of our lives. All he wants is every moment of your life. Are we willing to share that with him? Or are we still hiding behind? You can have me when I can praise you. That's when you can have me. But sure, when I've done so bad, I can't even face myself in the mirror. Then you can't have me, God. He actually wants you in that place as well. All he wants is you. Let that sink in. No matter where you are this morning, he wants you. This is one of my favorite stories the story of Zacchaeus in Luke 19. Short little man with lots of money. Who knows people like that? <laughs> Short people with lots of money. <laughs> And the religious rulers of the day saw how Jesus went. So so Zacchaeus didn't know Jesus. He just heard about this man. He was curious. So he got up into a tree because he was so short, he couldn't see. And he sat at the top of the tree. And he watched. He observed. And then Jesus comes. And he makes eye contact. He looks up into the tree and he says, Zacchaeus, come down. I want to go to your house and I want to come and eat with you. And the Bible actually says Zacchaeus um, received him joyfully. He actually wanted him to go. He was now quite curious with this man who wanted to be with him. And then the church people, the pastors, the rulers of the day, says this he has gone to be a guest of a sinner like they don't sin you know we're not sinners he has gone to be the guest of a sinner so guess what now even if you're sitting here this morning and you are that person that's eyeing him out from the tree (laughs) like you don't really know him you don't really want to know him Yet he's here making eye contact with you today. And he's saying, come down from your tree. I want to be involved in your life. I want to be with you. And if you read further on, it said salvation came to that household that day. Salvation. He wants your life. He wants your everything. And when he asks that of you, he gives you your salvation. Salvation will come to you today if you decide to make eye contact. To just be with Him. Allow Him into your life and into your room and into your house and into your life. Your work, your family. Can you just be a little bit curious like Zacchaeus was? All He wants today for Christmas issue. (laughs) The last thing I thought of, because there's so many examples in the Bible, but these were the ones that stood out for me for today, is this encounter that he does have then with the religious leaders in Matthew 22. And they actually come to him, the Bible says, and they want to catch him out. They want to make him look dumb and like they are more important or does he really know what he's talking about? And they say this in verse 36, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus says to them, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. You see, for them, the commandments and the law meant belonging, It meant significance. It meant I, I mean something. And then Jesus blows that little theology straight out of the water. And that religious thinking of the things that you're going to do are going to make you right or that's right. And he answers them with, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. You see, for Jesus, for God, for the Holy Spirit, when he has your heart, your soul, and your mind, he has your body, your actions, your thoughts, your love, your affection, your weak, your strong. You're bad, you're good. He understands that when he he says this, he asks all of us, everything that we are. Everything that we are, he asks of us. Don't just give me your, I can do, your morally good. I go to church on the 25th of December and every Sunday thereafter and I read my Bible. Don't just give me your morally good. Give me your heart and your soul and your mind. You see, because your heart and your soul and your mind are the things, if everyone had to know what happens in there, would disqualify you in a second. As a Christian, really, if we want to look at Christianity like that. It will disqualify you. People will judge you. People will be like, oh, my word, that is what goes on in that person's head. That is what goes on in Marlisa's head. Wow. And she preaches on a Sunday. It will disqualify us in a second. But God says, I'm not intimidated by that. I want all of that as well. Because the moment you give it to me, I start changing you. You know, when you, when you for those who have been in love, it is an amazing feeling for those who have had someone that you can fall in love with. And I remember when when Jan and I started dating, he used to live in Ranfantine, and I lived in Benoni. So he traveled far for this love. And I remember we could only see each other over weekends because of the travel. It's just logistically how it worked out. But I'm telling you, on a Friday, I could not do anything because I was planning my outfit and my makeup and my I was planning everything because I was going to see this man that has some kind of affection for me. And he would drive all that way for me. And he wanted to spend time with me. He wanted me. You see, that is what brings us our security. Not that we want him, but it's that he's here today and he's actually saying to you, I want you. When you're partner or your spouse or the person that you love wants you and wants to be with you. It fills you with such courage and affection and you can, you can conquer the world. That's how you feel. And this morning we've got the king of heaven and earth standing in front of us saying, all I want for Christmas is you. And that should fill us with such courage and such love and such joy And such peace that when we say joy to the world, we understand that joy. And when we say your peace is with me, we understand that peace. And so you can go through all of the Bible, you get to Revelation and the the beautiful letters to the churches where he's constantly saying, I want you, I want you, I want you. That is the thread right throughout the Bible. I want you. I want you. Come close. Come close. And here we sit this morning. And imagine if our little story could be written into the Bible today. Our encounter with him. And he says, all I want today is you. And yes, he will be there. And we've got our day planned. Like Christmas is super planned in our house. Super planned. My husband planned super for Christmas. Like the meal is planned, the amount is planned, everything is planned. And I just feel that Jesus is saying, can we just put all of that aside? Just for a second. Because he'll be there for that as well. Because he wants to be with us. But can we just look at him this morning and say... I want you too. All I want for Christmas is you too, Jesus. Because He's all that matters today. You see, we forget that Jesus, God, and the Holy Spirit is not just God, but His friend. He wants to be close. And I was quite ashamed that I was shocked that he answered my question. Because I didn't think that God needed anything. And he doesn't. But he wants me. And he wants you. And that is beautiful. <laughs> that the God of, heaven, of earth, heaven and earth wants us. He wants to be with us today. So can I ask, as we pray now, that we go into today re- remembering that He's with us. If you came to church this morning like a Zacchaeus and you just did your duty so that you can go and body and get your body on, He'll be there for that as well. He wants you. I end with this. We watched this movie a long time ago, 1998. It's quite a nice movie if you want to go and watch it. It's called Sliding Doors with Gwyneth Paltrow. And in this movie, she they show her life from two angles, where she catches the train, she makes the train, and then she misses the train. And how different her life is when she makes the train, because her boyfriend at home cheats on her and she doesn't really know about it and how her life turns out with that lie behind her. And then she misses the train and she goes back home and you see how she then finds out that he's having an affair with someone. And that part, as hard as it was, it was actually so much better for her in the movie because her life turned out better and she married someone who really wanted her. And it's a nice movie, go and watch it. But I felt God say, for some people, it's a sliding door moment today. Maybe you got here because someone invited you or your mom and dad dragged you out of bed. And just before that sliding door could close, you were, you were in the door. And here you sit this morning. And you are confronted with this beautiful Jesus who says, all I want is you. Maybe your sliding door moment is, I didn't want to hear that I have to give up that sin. Why do they have to keep telling us that? We're never going to stop preaching that. We are all sinners. Even me standing here, I'm so filled with ugly thoughts and unkindness. But I know Jesus finds me in that place. I know he loves me there, and I know he forgives me there, and I know he makes me better because I choose to give Him my heart and my soul and my mind. And it's a choice today. Welcome to the Love Reaching Community's Sermon of the Week. For more information pertaining to the life of the church, please visit our website at lrchurch.co.za.